We have just over a week away from the October 14 referendum for a voice to Parliament. We've spoken to a number of people on the Yes camp, but uh, have found it a little bit more difficult to uh, to get back in contact with my next guest because she has been travelling around the nation. And uh, the Senator for the Northern Territory, Jacinta Nampajimpa Price, joins me on the line. Good morning to you, Senator. Good morning, Katie. It's good to um, be back on radio with you. Yeah, good to have you on the show. Um, how have you been going, travelling around the country with the No campaign? Yeah, good. Good, good. Um, you know, the response around the country has just been incredible. There are a lot of a lot of Australians who have an Im- immense amount of goodwill for, you know, benefiting the lives of our most marginalised in this country. And they want what's best for everybody. Um, but the feeling is, the sense is that the the voice is not the way to go. I mean, there is no demonstration of how it's going to improve anybody's life. Uh, so people are really concerned about that. Yeah, that's been, I think, the biggest um, issue that we've had raised on the show. And I've got to say, like, a lot of our listeners have been really quite constructive in the discussions that we've been having, whether they agree with it or disagree with it. Um, but they've been constructive and, uh, and and you know, respectful of one another. But um, unfortunately, that's not been the case uh, quite a bit of the time right around the nation. And we saw yesterday, well, Ray Martin came under fire for slamming no voters uh, in the Voice to Parliament referendum. He gave a fiery mm. speech at the Yes campaign event in Sydney's Inner West, calling people who are mm. voting based on the slogan, if you don't know, vote no, a dinosaur mm. or a dickhead. He said, uh, mm. what I found mm. offensive is the stupid slogan saying, if you don't know, vote no. That's an endorsement of ignorance, he reckons. Senator, is it? Well, the point is um, that basically when you go to ask the questions to find out how the voice will work, how it's supposed to improve anybody's life, um, you know, how people are supposed to be selected to it. All of those questions go unanswered. So you're left without knowing how it's supposed to improve anybody's life. And that's the point. If you don't know, and if the answers aren't being provided, that's a huge red flag. You know, you can't, you can't support something that you don't know the details on. And that's the point of the matter. And as an investigative journalist, I would have thought certainly Ray Martin would know a hell of a lot better than that. He can't even demonstrate. He went on to say that the details don't matter. I mean, they do matter. We're talking about a change to our constitution, the constitution that belongs to every single Australian. It's, like I said, it's unfortunately, um, you know, divisive language, I think, that gets people offside. And and again, I go back to, you know, I just think we can have these respectful debates with each other or discussions with each other um, without it having to, to resort to name calling. But it's been a pretty, pretty ordinary situation around the country. I mean, we've seen divisive language. Mm. We've seen people getting abused at a no event mm. in Adelaide a couple of weeks ago. We saw yesterday mm. a neo-Nazi uh, burning the Aboriginal flag and threatening Lydia Thorpe. Uh, the independent mm. senator said, uh, well, she mm. has accused uh, the Victorian and Australian Federal Police of failing to adequately protect her after she was threatened in this video and speaking in Melbourne mm. yesterday, blamed the Prime Minister as well as mm. police services for a lack of protection. What was your reaction mm. to that video? And then, of course, Lydia comments following yeah look no one should be subject to that kind of behavior i think it's appalling um and you know lydia's right the the prime minister has to take responsibility for the level of division that this referendum has brought about i mean the issue of race has not been at the forefront of 
you know, discussion, conversation, um, as it is right now uh, with this referendum debate. And it, it, that's the thing, is that it, people are feeling emboldened on both sides of the debate to, car- to act out uh, in such horrible, aggressive behaviour, and it's really unwarranted. It's unnecessary and it should never have been brought about in the first place. Does the No campaign sort of accept any responsibility or think that you should take any responsibility for some of that division? Well, no. I mean, the way that I see it is that a vote for No is a vote to maintain equality in our country and not divide us along the lines of race, um, but keep us together as a country and not treat a group of us differently because of our racial heritage. That's how I see it. What if, what's going to happen, like, next Saturday, if the no vote gets up, what next from your perspective? Because I guess for so many of us, and, and I know, like, you live in the Northern Territory, I, I live in the Northern Territory, we can't, we, I think, um, you know, we probably experience some of, uh, you know, the, the worst issues in the Northern Territory mm. Um, mm. in the country. You know, so what yeah. sort of happens if the if the no vote gets up next weekend? Can we expect mm. that just nothing's going to change? Look, absolutely not. I mean, the sorts of changes that myself and Karen uh, Little have been fighting for is to, one, hold an inquiry into the billions of dollars that are spent year in, year out through the Aboriginal industry to understand how it's being spent or whether it's being misused um, and, and apply further accountability. I mean, we know that the industry has been built on the back of the misery of our most marginalised, that it's our most marginalised that are often exploited for the purpose of somebody else's agenda, and that has to stop. There's the sorts of things that we want to do and we want to clean up as opposed to add to the confusion and the mess that currently exists with yet another bureaucracy that will depend on taxpayer funds to exist and another layer for Aboriginal people to have to work through to have their voices um, actually heard. And we have to start listening to those voices on the ground, like like the school at Yipurinya, who are asking, have been asking the federal government, we've got a solution. Build us accommodation for our most vulnerable kids in our community. We will look after them. We will make sure they're educated. But Linda Burney and the Prime Minister have ignored them, even though there's still $100 million unallocated out of the $250 million, They can't even spend 12 of that to, to build this facility They talk about the importance of listening. They're not listening. And that's what we actually have to do going forward. We have to do the hard work instead of continuing to uphold an industry um, that is built on the backs of the misery of our most marginalised. Do you reckon, though, that the country is going to feel sort of more divided if we do get to next Saturday and and people do vote no? How do you reckon reckon that's going to make, um, you know, some, some other Aboriginal people feel? Well, I have no doubt that, you know, there is going to be a hell of a lot of work that needs to be done to bring Australia together. I think Mm. before this referendum, we're on a trajectory um, that was about unifying this country. When the issue of race became so prominent, that's when the division occurred. And now with a, with a, you know, the seeking to enshrine race in our constitution in in this divisive way, we have to work back from there now and realise that we're all... Australians, we all belong to this country together. We all want what's best for all of us, but particularly our most marginalised. But yeah, a lot of work has to be done um, to bring about a sense of unity again. And I've no doubt that um, there will be those who will be very disappointed and hurt and frustrated and who will probably act out in those frustrations as well. And we, we you know, I don't think we'll get away from this aggressive uh, behaviour uh, anytime soon either, but that needs to stop as well. 
I want to ask you, I know obviously you've been travelling around uh, with the No campaign, but here in Darwin we've had a few really terrible incidents. Well, not just in Darwin. I know there's always a bit happening in Alice also, but um, over the last couple of, uh, of days or over the last week, um, on Tuesday we're in a situation in Darwin CBD where a woman was sexually assaulted at four o'clock in the afternoon on Austin Lane by an offender that was unknown to her. Uh, we had a situation last Thursday afternoon where another female was sexually assaulted near the Darwin bus uh, bus exchange um, at just after two o'clock in the afternoon in broad daylight um, and and those victims were not known to the offenders. These are sexual assaults right in our CBD. In addition to that, you know, we've we've had other situations uh, with um, with children stealing cars. I, I mean, I think you know the issues that we deal with. Mm-hmm. But what mm-hmm. needs to happen in the Northern Territory right now for some serious change to this behaviour? Because what we're dealing with is is we've all had enough. Yeah. Yeah, look, we have had enough, and this is the failings of the Territory Government, of the Files Government, um, and the Gunner Government prior to that, the way that they are soft on crime and criminals uh, in the Northern Territory provides the opportunity for criminals to feel emboldened that they can, you know, act out this behaviour uh, and not, you know, have to deal with consequences uh, as a result of that. I mean, also, you know, the lifting of um, the age of criminal responsibility uh, means that young people can commit crimes and walk away scot-free and not there not be any consequences uh, for those crimes that they've committed. I mean, it needs to be understood that committing a crime is 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 not um, tolerated or accepted uh, in our country, uh, in certainly in the Northern Territory. There needs to be tougher bail laws, um, and uh, we need to deter criminals from acting out in this way. And I, th- I think it's just heartbreaking um, what's occurred. Uh, particularly up in the top end and in, in Darwin. You know, mm. Darwin is now um, facing what we and the rest of the Territory have been confronted with for some time, but it's like it's it's gone up a notch. I mean, we're talking shootings now, for crying out loud. This sort of thing should not be happening in the Northern Territory. No, it certainly shouldn't. Um, and I know, like, we've spoken before about the need for tougher bail laws. Do we need to be looking at some, some alcohol restrictions up in the top end like you've got in Central Australia? Well, you know, I think if it's um, if if the government feel like it's working in Central Australia, that it's having some sort of positive effect, then yeah, why not um, bring it right across the Northern Territory and up in the top end? If it's good enough for Central Australia, it should be good enough for the top end. But there needs to be a plan in place as to effectively how to manage alcohol going forward. Um, you know, I've still got my private senator's bill, uh, which is which is sitting there on the papers. Um, that is about you know empowering and working with federal and Territory Government to help develop alcohol management plans. Um, and that's the problem, is we haven't gone down the road of effective alcohol management and education, particularly uh, in communities as well, uh, you know, going forward, because we're not going to get rid of alcohol ever. Um, so we can't have prohibition forever, but we need to find transitional ways forward to deal with it more effectively. Jacinta, before I let you go, um, just on to the voice again. What do you say to those Territorians out there listening this morning that that see the voice as potentially being the change that we need? That um, you know that are looking at it and going, do you know what? I may still have some concerns with it, but at least it's going to look at things differently to the way that we've been doing them in the past. Well, 
I'd say that it's not doing things differently. I suggest that creating uh, an entirely new bureaucracy that's taxpayer funded is nothing new. We've done that several times over. We've got thousands of bureaucracies. The only difference is we're putting it in our constitution. Uh, that does not magically make it effective. But that, what that means is that we will enshrine failure um, should it fail. And I've no doubt um, clearly it can't demonstrate how it is supposed to work effectively or improve anybody's life. So I would say that we're enshrining failure in the face of, in, in, the, in, the, in the form of um, racial separatism. And that is not how uh, an, a, a bureaucracy, sorry, a bureaucracy, a, a democracy should be working in 2023. Um, and, you know, just the feeling is not good enough. It actually has to demonstrate with clarity how it's going to improve anybody's life. And so far, it fails. The proposal fails to do that. Well, Jacinta Nampajimpa-Price, Senator for the Northern Territory, we appreciate you speaking to, this, to us this morning. Thank you for taking the time to have a chat. Thank you very much, Katie. Thank you. It is.